Welcome to the Luminous Podcast, weekly meditations, readings, and blessings to assist with our rest, peace, and spiritual wellness. You can find out more at LuminousAnglican.com. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Good morning, all. Um, if you've been around for a while um, and you've heard me talk a few times, you know I'm, I'm kind of hooked right now on, I don't know a good way to say it, like brain chemistry, biochemistry things. Um, like I've read the book Dopamine Nation and Stolen Focus, and kind of, it's kind of become my thing the last couple of years. It's just like, how do we, how does our body affect our mind? How does our mind affect our body? And all those things. And so now I have a new obsession. Um, I don't know if you've heard it, it's called Huberman Lab Podcast. Anybody? Okay. And I don't, I've, I've only listened to a few of him, yeah. So, you know, endorsement, does, I'm not endorsing everything he says maybe because I haven't heard all this stuff yet, but it's fascinating stuff. Like it's just, it's like two to three hours of science about things like dopamine. And um, it's kind of one of these things where at the end of the day, there's just some fascinating conclusions they come to. You're, you're kind of into it now? Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just kind of processing everything, but... Um, as I entered um, kind of what I want to talk about today, this is what came to mind. Um, and interestingly, um, even kind of coming out of Lent, there's a lot um, about, about fasting, different things that he talks about that I'm kind of fascinated about. And one of the things he talks, uh, he did one of his dopamine um, podcasts was great. And one of the things he talked about there was that, um, you know, so often we look for dopamine hits from, is it, if it's new information, social media, sugar, whatever it is that causes us to look for kind of like a hit to kind of get our brain jump started. Um, we actually are doing a disservice to our brain in doing that because long term, our dopamine levels are better if we can even that out. And um, the illustration he used was of like of a wave pool. And so you have a wave pool full of, and I'm, I'll get to a point in a second, just bear with me for a second. <laughs> no, but this is fascinating. So if, if you have a wave pool full of your dopamine and you have big hits, you're basically causing big waves and actually sloshing, you're, you're actually lowering your base dopamine level. And so when you do that, you have to actually keep like doing more and more and bigger and bigger to kind of get that back. And the fascinating thing is that the way to kind of regulate that is are very simple things. Um, he talks about like when you get up in the morning, take 10 minutes and be in sunlight. And that resets your cortisol level. Um, he talks about like delaying ca caffeine for an hour, an hour and a half in the morning, which is a very a tough one. My wife's doing that well. I'm doing that very poorly. Um, but it's amazing the change with those simple little things. Like I've started getting up and going outside and watching the sunrise. And like my, my mind, it, everything shifts and everything changes. Um, whereas before I probably would have been doom scrolling, you know, on the news and, and start my day frustrated. I go outside and I start my day uh, ready for the day. And then even Lent, my, my, my daughter actually gave up Lent, uh, sugar for Lent. My wife gave up alcohol for Lent. And I kind of gave up a little bit of both with them in solidarity. Um, and it's fascinating. Um, it's fascinating because, you know, for me, um, I tend to be like, if I'm, if I'm busy working, if I get stressed, I tend to grab the sugar granola bar for that sugar hit and that energy hit. And removing those things from us, it's just, I'm amazed at how it just, everything kind of evens out. And I feel so much better without those ups and downs. Um, so anyway, it's fascinating. I, there's so much more, but I'm going to get on to my point here. Because 
what I want to talk about um, within this is that, you know, we have either like these things that keep us kind of in these cycles and up highs and lows, these things that kind of um, distract us and bring us in all different places. Um, what I want to talk about is, you know, Chad had mentioned living resurrection. And I think that's the answer to a lot of this, is to, is to live out and to walk out the resurrection um, in a way that then kind of undergirds and kind of through, like, it's a through line in our life to live as joy of this resurrection. Um, Paul actually quoted, or Peter quoted from the psalm today, um, where David says, I keep the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol or let your faithful ones see the pit. You show me the path of life and the presence that is the fullness of joy. In your right hand is pleasures forevermore. Really what he's talking about here is living in the light of eternity, living the resurrection in the light of eternity. And that's what, I mean, that's what the Huberman is telling, Huberman Lab is telling us, you know, in the essence, is to live not in the light of right now, not in the light of, we'll make you feel better in the moment, we'll make you feel better all day, all week, um, physically. And then this scripture is pointing us towards what can make us kind of feel that better all the way through. It's, it's, it's amazing for me, and I'm always fascinated by this, and that's why I got hooked on Cooperman Lab, because I'm, I'm always amazed when kind of science and theology match up. I feel like this is the time when they're both telling us the exact same thing. There are through lines we can build on um, that are beautiful. And so for me, it's remembering not to eat that granola bar, not to scroll, not to have another shot of coffee, but to sit and to be and to know, basically to find the way of Jesus in this. We're built for joy. We're built um, to live a life that is joyful. And yet so often we trade it for those, those quick hits. We trade it for something that, that is an approximation of joy. Um, I think, too, though, often we don't, maybe we don't trust joy. Um, as I was kind of wrestling through this, one of the things that I realized is that um, maybe like you, you came from a, maybe a tradition where you've been overjoyed. And I don't mean like a lot of joy, but like there's just everything was joy. Like, that's the only emotion you were allowed to have was joy. Um, and we can't, you're not allowed to feel, you're not allowed to be deep. And in so doing, joy kind of becomes, it feels like it's something that's put on you rather than something you get to experience. It feels like a requirement rather than something we get to live in. But we are made to live this resurrection. Um, but so often we short circuit our ability to do so. I think the beautiful thing is that as followers of Christ, as we walk this way of resurrection, and we preach this, this Christ crucified and resurrected. We get to live and sit in this and be in this. And the passage today says, so these things are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. When we live that life in the light of the resurrection, we receive the hope, the peace, the joy, the love, that we've talked about in Advent. I think that's such a beautiful picture of, of walking those four weeks of Advent on those, on those four topics and then see those things fulfilled in the resurrection, see them walked out in the resurrection. And Peter, he says, although you haven't seen him, you love him. And even though you do not know him, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. And that's our goal, that indescribable and glorious joy. 
for some of us, that journey is long. Um, there's trauma, there's physical, mental illness and, and health issues. There's loss. And I think the beautiful thing in, in, in parish life is we get to sit in those things. We don't have to just gloss them over and, and go, okay, we, we have to be joyful because Jesus said be joyful. Um, Khalil Gibran has a great line about that, and he says, the deeper that sor- sorrow carves into your being, the more joy you can contain. And I really believe that's true. And I, and I think that's a beautiful way that we can look at being, even through the sorrow and the suffering, uh, and the healing that many of us are walking, is that we can be vessels of joy. The, the difficult thing, though, I think, is that even though we know these truths, even though you know, we've read these passages, and, and even though resurrection living should be the center of who we are, so often we fail to live them out. Um, do you know, like, like when I grab that, that granola bar for a quick hit, you know, processed sugar, rather than making, you know, taking time to make a healthy snack. So often, you know, emotionally and spiritually, I look for those shortcuts as well. I look for a quick relief rather than a long-term health. Um, Eugene Peterson has a book, Living the Resurrection, which is fascinating. It's a great little book. It's on our website if you, if you want to check it out. Um, but he does a, a beautiful job of, of laying all this out. But he says, it is uncommonly difficult to stay centered and absorbed on our primary life-affirming, life-witnessing work. We continue to perform the vast array of activities and work and more that we do, but also we're under a continual threat of death, of becoming disconnected from life and people and God, and just going through biological motions, mouthing cliches, and not participating in life as well. And that's our danger, is getting caught up in that identity and getting caught up in those those others. He goes on and says, this distraction and, di- and, di- and diversion is what makes for a crisis in Christian identity, a current crisis among us. Our basic connection to life is severed, and we begin to borrow our identities from therapists and entertainers, CEOs and politicians, pastors and teachers, men and women who appear to be the front lines and making a difference in the world. I think for me, one of the greatest things about walking the Anglican way is that everything about what we do together is based on the centrality of Christ. Everything we do leads to remembering the table together, remembering him. And for me, that's, that is so necessary in avoiding being distracted by life, avoiding trying to grab those quick hits, avoiding all the little things that take me from actually walking out this resurrection with joy and with love and with peace and with hope. So my question for us then is, is what are those things that cause us to be distracted? Where are we sacrificing joy for the quick hit of pleasure or the quick hit of, of relief of pain, if you will? And like, you know, the Hebrew Lab suggests, what, are those, what maybe are some quick, just quick, some simple corrections we can make to bring our life back in line? For me, it was stopping the doom stroll and literally sitting in the sun for 10 minutes a day with my journal. But it, I'm, I'm amazed at the difference that made in my day. And I think so often that that's, those are the kind of things that we miss. Um, we get caught up and we get distracted and we get kind of head down and focused and, you know, this is my day and I don't have the energy to do anything extra. I don't have the energy to make a, you know, to grab a carrot rather than a, than a granola. But yet so often those little, those little decisions, they pull us away from that joy of the resurrection. They pull us away from the living truth. They pull us away from who we were created to be and meant to be. 
we were talking last night with some friends um, about fasting. And she said this, and I thought it was fascinating. She said every, every time, she was talking about fasting from social media. Or she said every time I, I do, it helps me reset my, my relationship with it. It puts distance between me and it. I think that's, that's a great way to say things, is, is to, so often the, the, the little habits we do, the little things we do, we become, they become us. We realize they're not, we don't realize they're not really us. That's not who we are, that's not who we are to be. But little things we can do, uh, you know, gratitude journaling, taking a short walk in the morning, having a conversation with a friend, watching the sunrise, or set, if you know, that's not your thing. Um, reading a good book, taking a long hike, spending time in prayer. Simple ways to stay connected to this through line of the resurrection life, to experience that joy. The resurrection is our reason for joy. It's why now we can say hallelujah, much to relief of many of us that struggle through Lent. <laughs> to not say hallelujah. It was us years ago. When we, our kids were little, every week, we're like, no. Um, but it's why we can say hallelujah, Christ is Lord. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. In a moment, we'll be doing, um, after the... Uh, the nice, the creed will be going through the the, uh, the litany of, of Easter, and I want us in that litany to to take a moment to really be present in that, and to and to in, in, engage with that litany, with that through line of living the resurrection, of joy, of peace, of love. If you would like more information or ways to be a part of Luminous, please go to luminousanglican.com. Peace be with you.